to be in the house of God today. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Good to be home. I bring you greetings from Brother and Sister Bradley. All is well there. It's interesting today that we are in the house of the Lord while 1,350,000,000 chicken wings will be eaten today. That's enough to circle the earth three times. That's 394 million feet of chicken wings. Enough that a chicken could cross the road 13 million times. 675 million chickens have sacrificed their lives today for the Super Bowl. But it only took one person to sacrifice his life for us to have this service today. One life to sacrifice on Calvary. And I feel the effects of that today. I feel the effects of Calvary in this place. Because no matter what happens around you, if you'll reach beyond the outer core of your life, getting out of the outer crust of carnality, and reach into the future with Jesus Christ, you have something to live for no matter what happens in our world. And I'm happy to be in the house of God today. <laughs> Praise God. It's amazing. When I read that, I thought 675,000, excuse me, 675 million chickens to sacrifice. It only took one life for us to be in this super place today. Praise God. If you have your Bibles and care to follow along in the book of 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 25. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourselves and dress it first, for ye are many. And call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under. And they took the bullock, which was given them, they dressed it, called on the name of Baal, from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leaped upon the altar, which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a God. Either he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey, or peradventure he sleepeth and must be awaked. And they cried aloud and cut themselves with knives. You know, when you stop and think of this story, it is amazing that when you get frustrated because you have no answers, then you start self-infliction. Self hurts. They cried aloud and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lancets till the blood gushed out upon them. You can't save yourself with your own blood. And it came to pass when midday was passed and they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that there was neither voice nor any answer nor any that regarded. I'd like to teach today on this subject, pursuing or being pursued. Would you ask the Lord to help us today? Savior, we love you and thank you for giving to us this opportunity to be in your house, to fellowship in your spirit. I ask you to be with us throughout the words today, the words that come from your very presence beyond our mouths that we could receive in our hearts and lives what you have for us. We ask it in the name of the Lord. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Interesting story in the Bible. It's one of the beautiful stories of the Bible, speaking about sacrifice and the response of sacrifice. 
But it is interesting that he noted that maybe in mocking them, they would understand what he was trying to get across to them. It wasn't so much that he was saying, cry aloud. He was saying, it doesn't matter what you say, your God is not going to answer. And he said, maybe he's talking to somebody else. Maybe his phone is busy. Maybe there's no response because he's tending to somebody else's problems. He was mocking them. And then he said, maybe he's pursuing something. Maybe he's got a different agenda than you. Maybe he's going after something different than you. He's on a long journey. He's pursuing something. Then what was a cute little mock, he said, maybe he's asleep and must be awakened. This made them cry louder, cutting themselves till the blood gushed out, until the man of God stepped up and said, step aside, your God has not answered. There was no regard. There was no answer. He's gone. There's nothing there. There is no God. They immediately, it seems like, they moved aside. And it was then that the Bible said that he rebuilt the altar of the Lord. And he placed water around the stones. He wet it down so much that there would be no confusing that God was going to answer by fire. Because the first proclamation that he made to them is, let's have, let's have a meeting together and see which God will answer by fire. Which God will respond to this sacrifice. So to prove that God would answer by fire, he poured enough water on that sacrifice to float the sacrifice away. But stones kept it in and dammed the water in so it could not escape. And he prayed a simple prayer. That simple prayer was less than two dozen words. And that prayer responded with an answer from heaven with fire that consumed the sacrifice. But that was not all it consumed. It consumed the altar. And that wasn't all that it consumed. It consumed the surroundings because there was a strong answer that came from God in that day that there is a God above all the gods of the world. It is interesting in our world today that we see individuals trying to pacify every form of God or idea of theology, trying to make sure everybody's comfortable where they are. That's really not the way the Lord came about his salvation. He made everybody so uncomfortable that they needed to know there was a better salvation for them than their present environment. Maybe the gods of this world today are pursuing other things. Maybe the gods of this world are looking or talking or not talking or busy or not busy or traveling or not busy because there is no God like our God. Our God is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Our God is here. He's not pursuing some other avenue. I don't personally believe that he is pursuing other peoples on other planets. I happen to believe, whether you do or not, that's all right. I happen to believe that we are the apple of his eye. I happen to believe that we are his choice. I happen to believe that he died and came to this world to purchase salvation for you and I, and he has no other objective. He's not pursuing something else. He's gone away to prepare a place for you, and the Bible said if it was not so, he would have told us so. I don't know what all he's preparing for us, but I know one thing. I want to pursue his goal, his life, and his hope. Book of Ezekiel, chapter 35, beginning at verse number 5, said, Because thou hast had a perpetual hatred, and hast shed the blood of children of Israel by the force of the sword in the time of their calamity, in the time that their iniquity had an end. Therefore, as I live, saith the Lord God, 
I will prepare thee. I will prepare thee unto blood, and blood shall pursue thee. Seeth thou hast not hated blood, even blood shall pursue thee. What this scripture is really teaching them is if you don't have a hatred of something, that whatever you don't hate is going to pursue you. On the good side, you can say, I love, and that love will return to you. But on the other side of this scripture, it said, seeing thou hast not hated blood, even blood shall pursue thee. There was so much bloodshed in the Old Testament. It was, it was, it was a... It was a bloody, bloody history of Israel. Thousands of people throughout the history of Israel uh, were slain and killed in war after war. They would, they would get, on, get their bearings and they would worship God. God would come to their aid and reestablish them. And then they'd drift away and the enemy would come in and take them away. And, and they would be led astray and... In that crying out, God would come back to help them. And he made this remark that is an interesting remark. He said, because you didn't hate blood, you didn't hate the bloodshed that was going on in Israel and surrounding countries. You didn't hate it so much that you wanted it to stop. You didn't hate it enough to stop the bloodshed. Then blood will pursue you. Whatever you do not hate will pursue you. You've got to learn to hate evil. You must hate evil or evil will pursue you. Either you are going to pursue righteousness or the world will pursue you. There is no in-between. You have to make up your mind no matter what the environment that you are in. You're going to make it, and you're going to live for God, and you're going to do what's right in the kingdom of God. Somewhere, there has to be the ability in your mind, I'm going to hate evil, and I'm going to stand for truth. Because if you don't hate evil, evil will pursue you. Evil will pursue those that do not hate evil. If you do not hate sin, sin will pursue you. If you do not hate temptation, Temptation will pursue you. Listen to the pursuit in the book of Proverbs chapter 13. And we'll begin reading at verse 13. It said, Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed or pursued. But he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. I want to pursue the commandments of the Lord. I don't want the destruction of the world to pursue me. Verse 14, the law of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of a transgressor is hard. Every prudent man dealeth with knowledge, but a fool layeth open his folly. A wicked messenger falleth into mischief, but a faithful ambassador is health. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction. But he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. When you stop and consider these scriptures, it gives you a little understanding of my title today, Pursued or Pursuing. Somewhere you are either going to be pursued by evil or you're going to pursue righteousness as these scriptures proclaim. Verse number 19 said, The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is abomination to fools to depart from evil. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Our world is full of confusion. In fact, there is a, a statement by a judge I read not long ago that before him was the atheist that came that said, we don't have a day for our day. The world has their holidays. Christians have their holidays. Muslims have their holidays. But atheists don't have their day. And the judge, for whatever reason, had a little insight. He said, you have your day. It's April Fool's Day. Because the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. When we really realize we're being pursued today by evil in our world. That's why we have church. If you didn't know it, I would think you do. But if you didn't know it, 
We come to church because we are being pursued. The enemy does not like this house. The enemy does not like our God. And let me just remind you, as much as the world and the devil offers you, the devil doesn't like you. He has prepared a downward pull in pursuing you. But you have to turn it around and pursue what is right and follow that which is right. The Bible goes on in verse 20. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Verse 21. Evil pursueth sinners, but to the righteous good shall be repaid. I have confidence today that even when I don't feel like I'm on the right path or when I feel like I'm failing God, I have a power that is not my own that I can get back on track with a thorough and complete repentance before God. And God hears my cry. Daily he told us in the prayer that we should ask for forgiveness. Let me tell you, the power of forgiveness. When you start pursuing forgiveness, uh, you will never be lost. Uh, you will never be confused. Uh, but if you don't allow forgiveness to come in your life, uh, then somewhere in your life evil will pursue you. But to the righteous Good shall be repaired. I'm, I'm glad to tell you today that I don't feel cheated in life. I've lived 75 years. If I died today, I will feel like I have made a great life in this life in the Lord. I'm glad to tell you that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we need to start pursuing that which is right in our world. Our world is going to hell. We understand that. The nation that forgets God will be turned into hell. That's what's happening in our world. You don't have to read much or hear much to know that our world is in chaos and confusion. The only thing left that is right is an apostolic church where you can worship God with the freedom and liberty to get past all the confusion of our world and have a right path. For the word of the Lord is a lamp unto our path, a light unto our feet. In the dark time of our world, we have a light that's shining bright across our path. I want to pursue righteousness. How about you? I want to pursue a God that is able to meet my needs. If I don't pursue righteousness, evil will pursue me. Some of the disasters of life that entrap sinners is amazing, and yet they never want to get out of it. Misfortune pursues the sinner. The meaning of pursue, I looked it up and said to follow in order to catch, capture, or attack. Same either way you want to look at it. The world is pursuing you. They're doing everything they can to keep you in their clutches. All the media in our world is trying to keep you connected with some political party or political persuasion and get you away from the thought processes that above all the fray of our world, there's a God that rises above it all. And I want to pursue him. I want to seek him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what will happen to you? Oh, hallelujah. You know it. It's the greatest thing that has ever happened to man because God gave this life his life for us that we could enjoy what we have today. The original wording in the Declaration of Independence that was drafted by Thomas Jefferson is very interesting. They went through several drafts trying to come to it. It went through several committees uh, before they come to the final drafting of it. They edited it and adopted the, the, uh, there at the Second Continental Congress in 1776. And it was these words, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I just can tell you today the only thing that really brings us to an understanding is with the Holy Ghost. The Declaration of Independence lies dusted on a shelf somewhere. Very little referred to it today. They're referring to all kinds of things for their happiness. They're looking for joy in the wrong places. If we can have a church in this last day that will bring joy and the pursuit of happiness to people, we'll have a church that is going and growing 
thriving and living because we have what it takes to bring true happiness to a world today. Our lesson today is simply in that 21st verse, evil pursueth sinners, but the righteous, but to the righteous good shall be repaid. When you look at the disasters of our world, it's because of sin many times. Misfortune pursues pursues those in our world. There is a reason why we are in the chaos that we are in. It's because they have forsaken God. But can I just help you acknowledge and acknowledge with me that we have a God that has not gone on some journey. Our God is not pursuing some other avenue. Our God is not trying to save Martians. Our God is not out somewhere at some other foreign place somewhere trying to find another people. He's still trying to save every individual in this building. He's still trying to reach for every heart and every life. He is not a God that has a deaf ear. He is not a God that has turned his ear aside. He will answer your prayer. He will respond to you. My God is not dead. He's not even sick. He's alive forevermore. I came to worship him today. I came to love him today. I came to reach for him and pursue him. I want something better in my life. I don't have anything desires for the world. I don't want to see the next movie. I don't want to go to the next sporting event. I don't want to go to the next race somewhere. I want to race to the house of God and find my pursuit to happiness fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Why don't you lift your hands and just love him? Are you pursuing something that will give you everlasting joy? Are you pursuing something that will bring peace to your life? Are you searching for something uh, that will change your life eternally? Uh, I'm not talking about a quick fix. Uh, I'm not talking about a drunken stupor. I'm not talking about a one-night stand. I'm talking about something that will change your life for eternity. And living for Jesus brings us the greatest pursuit of happiness there is. If you're happy in the Lord, you ought to shout with a voice of triumph. You ought to rejoice that God counted you one of his own. Hallelujah. We are called by his name. We're rejoicing in his house. We've been baptized into his death. We rise to walk in newness of life. I'm pursuing it. I said I'm pursuing it. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Abner had killed Azahel, Joab's brother. But in that day, there were six cities of refuge that if you committed a crime of murder, there was a place of refuge. Abner fled to the city of refuge. He entered Hebron. He dwelt there. The security of the city. I don't know whether they called them city limits in those days or there was a boundary of houses or there was a fence. But there was a boundary of some sort that was there. That as long as you stayed in the city of refuge, you didn't have to worry about revenge. You didn't have to worry about Somebody getting back at you. If you stayed in the city of refuge, nobody could come and judge you. Nobody could bring condemnation upon your life for what you had done. But because of a brother's death, Joab began to search him out, found out what city he had gone to. When he arrived on the scene, he called him outside the city limits, whatever boundary it was. And the Bible said that he reached to hug him, and with his knife he slipped it into his fifth rib and killed him in revenge for his brother's death. I really feel like today that we are in a city of refuge today. Have you had a bad week? Are you so victorious that you don't realize the house of God is such a place of refuge? I say, 
The world has brought us enough sorrow, enough guilt, and enough condemnation that when we come to the house of God, you can leave all of that outside and you're in a secure place today. What did the song say? I'm safe. I'm secure. What other song said is because of Jesus. I'm here to tell you, this is the best place going in this city. There's no place like God's house. There's no people like God's people. You may be disappointed in somebody at times, uh, but let me promise you, if you're outside the city of refuge, uh, there's all kinds of disappointments. There's all kinds of sorrows. There's all kinds of trouble. There's all kinds of stabbing in the back. But if you'll stay in the house of God, there's victory and peace today. How many of you feel that peace today? <laughs> Hallelujah. So the story went on to say that afterward when David heard it, he said, I and my kingdom are guiltless before the Lord forever for the blood of Abner, the son of Ner. Let it rest on the head of Joab and all his father's house and let them not fail from the house of Joab, one that hath an issue, or that is a leper, or that leaneth on a staff, or that falleth on a sword, or that lacketh bread. So Joab and Abishai, his brother, slew Abner, because he had slain their brother Azahil at Gibeon in the battle. And David said to Joab and to all the people that were with him, rend your clothes, gird you with sackcloth, and mourn before Abner. And the king himself followed the briar. And they buried Abner in Hebron. And the king lifted up his voice and wept at the grave of Abner. And all the people wept. And the king lamented over Abner and said, Abner died as a fool dieth. Thy hands were not bound. Thy feet were not put into fetters. As a man falleth before wicked men. So fellest thou, and all the people wept again over him. That's a tragic story, but evil pursued him. Abner would have been safe from all of his past because he pursued the city of refuge. Today, I don't know all of your past. I know some of your past. And those that I know, some of your past, I don't know all of your past. There are things that are under the blood that we would never pull out again. But I promise you, if you ever leave the house of God, the enemy will pull that all out. And you will die in a world of confusion. Maybe not literally die, but you will die spiritually. For it was Adam and Eve that had the thing going for them. They had a garden of paradise. Everything was in their favor. They could eat to their heart's content. There was just one thing they could not partake of, and that got them because they did not pursue all the rest of the avenues of life and all the other peaceful things in the garden. They searched for the one thing they could not do. Can I just preach to you today for a moment uh, and let you know there are so many benefits and blessings in living for God. Why would you search for the one thing in the world that would take your life away from Jesus Christ? Why would you allow the temptation of a moment to take you away from the privilege of being a child of the Most High God? You have been baptized into his death. You have a protection around you that the enemy cannot touch you, cannot cause you to fall, and cannot cause you to back away if you'll rise above your temptation, rise above your problem, and thank God for victory and stay in the house of refuge. Oh, hallelujah. I'm here because I want to be saved. How about you? I'm here because I have enough past to destroy me, but I have enough future to save me. I'm here because I have something more powerful than the world. One more time, would you lift your hands and worship the Lord? Oh, hallelujah. Evil pursues and entraps and captivates and destroys. But Matthew said, listen to this, you know it by heart. But seek ye first, pursue first the kingdom of God. Foremost in your mind, you should understand that what I'm doing is not momentary. I wish everybody in the hearing of my voice could grasp this statement. 
What you're doing today in the house of God is not momentary. What you do sitting at a bar stool is momentary. Hangover's over. I understand why they call it a hangover. You're hanging over the toilet the next day. But that's momentary. Not where you are today. This is not momentary. Because God was here before you came. God will be here after you leave. But by the time you get home, he's already on the way with you. And when you get home, he's already there, having never left here. That's the God we serve. He's not pursuing another person. He's not pursuing another people. He's not out on the galaxy somewhere looking for people living on on the moon somewhere, he's looking for you. He's pursuing you. He's in search of somebody that would turn around and say, I want Jesus more than I want anything in the world. Can you really say that you love him with all of your heart? Can you, can you really say that I want to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? And listen to this, you know it. And all these things shall be added unto you. I don't know all, and I don't have the ability to enumerate all the benefits today that I have in living for God. But I want to pick up my basket of life, and I want to start adding to my life some things that God, I, I want to pursue those things. Do you really want joy? Why not pursue it? Why not get after it? Lay your troubles at the altar, the Bible said, Cast it all of your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Does anybody believe that today? Do you really believe that he cares for you? Then why do you carry yesterday's griefs and yesterday's problems? Why not just take it to an altar and say, there it is, God. You care for me. I'm going on with life. I'm going to pick up some joy and put it in my basket. I'm going to put up, pick up some love and put it in my basket. I'm going to pick up the things that are right and put it in my basket. I'm going to load myself down because the Bible said daily he loadeth us with benefits. How many benefits do you have in your basket today? I know we don't go Easter egg hunting. But the pictures you see, they go around with a basket and they're picking up eggs from the dirt and the ground and grass and bushes. And sometimes they eat them. Sometimes they're just wasted. Oh, a lot of aborted chickens. What do you have in your basket today? What have you loaded up with today and pursued? For Paul said these words, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that which for which I am apprehended of, Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded, and if anything be a, ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same things. Let us realize that God has pursued us. God drew you today. It's old hat to us that have lived for God forever. But the joy of knowing that God picked me out of a world. You've heard me say it. Divine providence played a big role in my life. My grandmother was third in line to get on the Titanic when they shut the gate and said no more common passengers. And they came over on the next boat over. I would not be here today except divine providence, I believe, had his hand for me. You say, what about the other people? I can't answer for them. I can only say that I feel and I believe that God was pursuing me and God put me in a family through the birth of my life to my parents. 
I don't understand the divine providence. I don't believe in predestination as a people or individual, but I do believe in the church. And he put me in a church that he predestined, a church that's worldwide, a church that's everywhere, a church that bears his name. That predestination I believe in. And he placed me here by divine providence. How about you? Do you really feel God loves you? Do you know how much he loves you? He pursued you so much, he died at Calvary. In fact, Chronicles said these words, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of those whose heart is perfect towards him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. The Lord is searching for somebody today. He's searching to apply his blood to your life. Can you hate sin enough? Can you hate the world enough? Can you hate confusion enough to pursue righteousness? Pick up your basket of life and start picking up some joy, some peace, some comfort in the Holy Ghost. And let God fill you to overflowing. Somewhere you got to realize the eyes of the Lord is in pursuit of you. The eyes of the Lord are reaching for you. Where am I? Where are you? What is God looking for? He's looking for a dirty sinner. He's looking for a sin-cursed life. He's pursuing somebody who he can say, look at me. Look at me and be drawn to me. And by doing so, somebody will turn in comparison of where they are to where they could be in him. You say, I don't know where I'd be without the Lord. I know where you'd be without the Lord. You'd be a sinner, cursed to hell, but the Lord pursued you. He apprehended you. Why don't you now pick up the basket and start apprehending him? We went to the watering well. There he found a woman. She had been married so many times that even the man that she was with was not her husband. And he said to her, give me some drink. Interesting to note, he was pursuing her and she didn't grasp it at first. She didn't catch it. She says, you don't have anything to draw water with. He said, what I'm going to give you will be a well on the inside of you springing up into everlasting life. What I'm going to give you is something better than you could ever give me if you would just listen to who I am and know what I have to offer. She went on to talk about worshiping the mountains around her and worshiping the gods and idols that she worshiped. And he said to her, you don't even know what you worship, but I'm telling you, I have something to offer you that's beyond what the world has to offer you. And as we stand and the musicians come, God is pursuing you. He's seeking those to worship him. Ezekiel said these words, 34th chapter, I will feed my flock and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. I will seek that which was lost and bring back that which was driven away and will bind up that which was broken and will strengthen that which was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong and I will feed them with judgment. God is pursuing us while we are pursuing him. He's not gone on a long journey today. He's not somewhere in a corner hiding from you. He's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. You've had the Holy Ghost. You've been in the church a long time. Trouble still comes, but seek and pursue that which is right. One day the Lord was walking down the road. There was a short man by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector, a publican. But he wanted to see Jesus. 
He climbed up in a sycamore tree. He was a short man. Evidently, he felt like he'd be lost in the crowd somewhere and be overlooked, so he climbed as high as he could to see Jesus. So while he was wanting to see Jesus, Jesus saw him. I wonder today if there's anyone in this building that wants to see Jesus. Because Jesus is looking for you. And he's going to say to you, as he did to Zacchaeus, I want to have fellowship with you today. He's not gone on a journey. He's as close as your praise. He's as close as an uplifted hand. He's as close as an open heart. He's as close as your spirit will allow him today. This week may not have been the best week for you. You may have been troubled, tormented. You may have even been defeated. But God's looking for you right now. He's pursuing you. Will you pursue him? Will you reach for him right now? As this church lifts their voices in worship, as this church reaches for God, there's a life in this building right now. You said, if I could just feel God again, if I could just touch him again, if I could just feel God again, because you don't hate blood, blood will pursue you. Because you don't hate anger, anger will pursue you. Because you don't hate the world, the world will pursue you. Because you don't hate sin, sin will pursue you. Why not seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? Pick up some things today that you need from the Holy Ghost. Pick up some things that will keep you strong in a time of trouble and sorrow. There's so much division in our world today. There's so much confusion in our world today. This place has to be a place of refuge. This house has to be a place where we stand together and say, hey, we're going to save somebody today. 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 Somebody's going to be saved. Lift your hands together as we sing. Would you worship the Lord? The Lord is saying, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden. The Lord is pursuing you. The Lord's looking for you. The Lord's looking for those that are tormented all week long. Troubled by life, sorrows, confusion. Oh, yes. There's a flow of the Holy Ghost in this house right now to cure all the sin and confusion of yesterday. Your voices to God. Oh, hallelujah. I realize just oh, hallelujah. how beautiful you are and how great Rejoice. Rejoice the Lord. Oh, yeah. How he loves us oh. oh, how he loves us. He's pursuing you. a moment out of your busy and confused life? Can you take a moment just to pursue what's in this house right now? Will you take a moment just to pursue the spirit that's in this house right now? Take a moment to reach out beyond your own self right now. Let something change you forever.
hands and love him together. Lord, we thank you. I praise you for your power. I thank you that you pursue us. Amen. I want to be directed toward the benefits that you bring. Amen. And this is why we pursue you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, and praise you. Amen. If you have a special prayer request that you want to lift your hand, unspoken maybe, or some that are still in the hospital, we need to still pray for Sister Julie Short, Marvin and Carol Merle. Uh, amen. There's some that are sick. Grandma Maria, Sister Raquel's mom, not doing well. Amen. So for all of these that are struggling, having difficulty, we want God's anointing in his hand and his ability to touch them. Why don't we join together right now? Lord, we thank you and praise you. I worship you and know that you're a God that is fully capable, fully able to do above and beyond what we could think or ask. And we ask, Lord, today that you would perform a work that can only be attributed to a sovereign God. I pray that your power and your anointing and your presence would touch Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We agree together in this place where there is a gathering. Your presence is there. Your anointing is there. We thank you. We worship you. We speak your name, and we ask for your virtue to flow. And We honor you. We ask these things in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We'll see you in the well at 530 tonight. Service begins at 530 with prayer. Hard start at 6 o'clock. Let's expect God to do great things. Amen. God bless you. Greet somebody as you exit today. Show yourself friendly and let them know whoever they are.